0: Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun, SermonAudio.com. My name is Bob. Today we emphasize the Chosun part of our title. Um, That's an old name for Korea. This is the North Korea Audio Web Blog. This is me just digging around the internet. You can do it also, looking under North Korea, see what's going on. Some of these articles are very recent. Some are are several years old, but new to uh, this broadcast. First, North Korean faces spy charges for contact with Christians. This was uh, posted June 8, 2017. This is the most recent of the ones I will share today. North Korean authorities have arrested a man on spying charges for having contact with Christians while visiting relatives in China. Sources inside the isolated country said, Kim Seong-mo, a 61-year-old resident of Haisen City in Yanggang Province, was arrested on June 3rd after returning from visiting relatives in China. Pardon me. Um, I witnessed him being dragged by state security officials in front of Huayon train station, one source told Radio Free Asia. Kim was shackled and tied with ropes as he was uh, dragged out from a town beyond Wyon brewery said the source who spoke on condition of anonymity there were obvious signs of violent assault because the man had split lips and black eyes and he appeared to have sustained an injury to one of his legs the source said a second source who lives in Yanggang province said the man's relatives are said to be residing in Antu, Yanbian Korean Autonomous Prefecture in northeastern China's Jilin province. After he came back from China, he openly told his neighbors that his relatives attended a Christian church, and the church's pastor collected many used clothes from parishioners for him, said the source, who again requested anonymity. It seems like someone informed state security agents about him, he added. The Ministry of State Security, which reports directly to leader Kim Jong un, is the regime's secret police force. It's known for its brutality and human rights abuses, experts say. All North Korean travelers returning from China are required to report their whereabouts and details about their activities, said the source. In Kim's case, he was arrested on charges of spying because he did not report that his relatives are churchgoers and that the church pastor helped him, he said. North Korea views Christianity as a contemptible Western religion. Let's go back to 2012. This article was posted in 2012 and tells a little of the history of the North Korea situation. It's entitled, North Korea, and this is from, by the way, that first article was from International Christian Concern. And the rest of these articles are from Voice of the Martyrs, and from 2012 on to the present. This one's 2012. On December 17, 2011, Kim Jong-il, North Korea's dear leader and son of self-proclaimed god Kim Il-sung, passed on to eternity. That same day, a handful of North Korean defectors graduated from Underground University, which is a Voice of the Martyrs sponsored school, where North Korean Christians learn how to reach their countrymen with the gospel of Jesus Christ. North Korea has long been one of the darkest and most isolated nations on earth, especially for believers. Kim Il-sung became great leader Of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, DPRK, their official name, in 1948, after communists took control in the North. Almost immediately, he closed all churches and set out to eradicate Christianity. An estimated 300,000 Christians disappeared, and about 100,000 more were sent to labor camps. Nearly all pastors and priests were executed, adding to the number of martyrs who cry out to God for judgment. Kim Il-sung established a new guiding philosophy called Juche. It means self-reliance that reflected a warped imitation of Christianity. As the son of Christian parents and the grandson of a Christian pastor, Kim Il-sung appointed himself supreme leader in Godhead, with his son Kim Jong-il as the son of God. He set himself up as God and put his son in the place of Jesus. North Koreans are still required to worship Kim Il-sung with all their heart and might, even after his death, according to Article 1, Section 1 of the Party Covenant. His son, Kim Jong-il, was bestowed with divine interpretation of the Juche ideology. For more than half a century, North Koreans have been brainwashed to pour all their faith into the words and actions of these two Kims. Well, at the 2011 funeral for Kim Jong-il, mourners could be heard asking, How could you leave us? What are we supposed to do without you? On state TV, a soldier declared, The people, the mountains, the streams, and the heavens are weeping tears of blood for having to bid the final farewell. But tears and blood are all too familiar to North Koreans, especially Christians, and North Korea's martyrs continue to cry out for God to avenge their blood. Cho chong Yi grew up in a typical poor family in the North Korean capital of Pyongyang. He joined the Socialist Youth League when he was in third grade. Was soon memorizing the teachings of Kim Il-sung's Juche ideology. Among the teachings was the so-called Ten Principles, familiar statements that read in part as follows, I, Kim Il-sung, am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself any image in likeness of heaven or earth. You shall not bow down to any idol, for I am your God, Kim Il-sung. At each meeting, the youth began and finished with songs of admiration and praise to their great leader. And they closed each meeting by reciting this prayer. My father, my great leader, I follow you. I will be faithful to you alone. Well, as a ten-year-old, Cho learned how North Koreans viewed missionaries. His school textbook told the fictitious story of a young, starving North Korean boy who picked up an apple that had fallen from a tree on an American missionary's property. The boy did not want to pick an apple from the tree because that would be stealing. The property's owner, a black-robed missionary with a cross necklace, grabbed the child and called him a thief. He stripped the horrified boy down to his underwear and tied him to the apple tree. He then burned the word thief into the boy's forehead with a pen dipped in acid. The textbook even included images showing the missionary's cruel face. As a result of false stories like these, Cho and the other students grew up very afraid of missionaries. Cho wanted to join the Communist Party when he became an adult, but he was refused because his father had a connection to South Korea, making him a potential spy. So instead, Cho became a skilled tailor. He was so good at his trade that he was granted the honor of making horseback riding apparel for Kim Jong-il. Kim Jong-il was very impressed with Cho's workmanship and rewarded him with membership in the Communist Party. In addition, Cho was bestowed with 600 grams of rice a month. That's about a pound and five ounces, a substantial amount by North Korean standards. While Cho had never known a Christian, he knew what happened to those who dared to mention God. They disappeared into one of North Korea's many concentration camps, which are thought to currently hold 250,000 of the country's 24 million citizens. The Christians, and often their family members, are sentenced to 15 years hard labor, but most survive fewer than 10 years in the camps. For those who do survive, many may prefer death. An estimated 30,000 Christians are currently locked away in these death camps. After Cho became a party member, he was able to apply for a work visa to Russia. He could make substantially more money in Russia even after paying the required loyalty tax of $800 per month to the North Korean government. A foreign worker in Russia can make as much as $1,000 a month. After paying the loyalty tax and other expenses, a North Korean might have $50 left to send his or her family in North Korea, a generous income. An estimated 10,000 North Koreans, mostly from Pyongyang, work in other countries, netting millions of dollars per month in loyalty taxes for the North Korean government. Cho's work visa required mandatory training that included these restrictions. First, never speak with a South Korean. Second, do not attend any church services. Three, never look at a Bible. And four, do not accept food at the train station upon arrival. Well, Cho did not understand the reason for the restrictions, but he was excited to be able to work in a foreign country. When he arrived in Russia, he saw other workers accept food from kind-looking elderly women at the train station. Some workers even went back for more. The women were giving away free, high-quality food, unlike what Cho was used to eating in his homeland. He wondered why it was forbidden. Later Cho learned that these women were Christians, offering food as a way to reach out to North Korean immigrant workers. During his time there, Cho was also offered a Bible, though he had no idea what it was. After Cho had worked in Russia for three years, his boss suddenly refused to pay him. Cho had no way to pay his loyalty tax, and a representative of the North Korean government soon informed Cho that if he didn't pay the tax, he would be sent to a labor camp. Fearing for his life, he obtained false identity papers and boarded a train to Kazakhstan. Even as he fled, God used others to draw Cho to himself. A woman approached Cho on the train and silently offered him a Christian medallion. Assuming the woman was mute, Joe accepted the gift and gave her some money. When border agents later questioned Joe at a checkpoint, he remembered the woman on the train and motioned that He was unable to speak. Miraculously, the border agent left him alone and he crossed into Kazakhstan. Cho was granted asylum by the South Korean embassy in Kazakhstan and was soon on his way to South Korea. As he continued to think about the events leading to his escape, Cho attended a church in South Korea several times. Because of the difference between the North Korean and South Korean dialects, He couldn't understand what he had been reading in the Bible and could never quite come to faith in Christ. However, he did know that he wanted to learn about God. And so he traveled to Seoul and enrolled in a school for North Korean defectors called Underground University. While attending Underground University, Cho received a Bible in his native dialect. When he read the Ten Commandments, he noticed how similar they were to the Ten Principles of Che. He also noticed that there was no mention of Kim Il-sung in that Bible. And then he watched the video, Jesus, He Lived Among Us. And he saw familiar stories. But instead of being about Kim Jong-il, they were about Jesus, the true Son of God. When he realized that much of the Juche philosophy he had based his life on was pilfered from the Bible, Cho gave his life to Christ and committed to becoming a missionary to his own people. He graduated from underground university, ready to begin this work on Saturday, December 17, the same day North Koreans were mourning the death of Kim Jong-il, the false son of God. Three days later, Cho was on a ferry to Russia, where he now serves alongside many of the Christian workers he first met while working there as a North Korean citizen. Most of the Christian workers are formerly persecuted Christians who suffered in the grip of the Soviet Union. They have years of experience in discreet evangelism. Please pray for me, Cho asks. I know I am on God's path. I know it is dangerous, but I risked my life when I didn't even know God. How much more should I be willing to now? Because North Korea is so isolated, Reaching North Korean workers in Russia is a strategic opportunity. Although government spies still pose a danger, North Koreans in Russia are more likely to speak with strangers who befriend them. They can visit the homes of Christians and learn biblical truths from workers who use evangelistic tools in the North Korean dialect. Joe says he thinks VOM's new animated video, Jesus, He Lived Among Us, is the perfect tool North Koreans will view it again and again and realize the stories belong to Jesus, not the dead Kim Jong-il, he says. North Koreans who accept Christ can return to their countrymen empowered by the gospel. They had the answer to the cries of dismay expressed at Kim Jong-il's funeral. God is not dead. The false gods are dead in North Korea leaving a tremendous void in the hearts of many who thought they knew the truth. However, the true God is very much alive, and today we have the best opportunity we've had since 1948 to share the good news with people in the most restricted nation on earth. Kim Jong-il's youngest son, as you know, Kim Jong-un, succeeds his father as North Korea's new leader. Kim Jong-un is being modeled in the image of his grandfather, Kim Il-sung, his mannerisms, clothing, even suspected plastic surgery have been fashioned to make him into a kim il sung look alike north korea's leaders hope to show that juche is real and that north koreans will eventually join their great leader forever in heaven as kim jong un declares his loyalty to his family's ideology the voice of the martyrs and many brave co-workers will continue to bring the message of the salvation true salvation To North Korea. Now let's jump ahead. That was 2012. Now let's jump ahead to March of this year, 2017, in North Korea. This is also from Voice of the Martyrs A Seeking Soldier. A North Korean military official recently defected into South Korea in search of something rare in North Korea, something that validated his Christian faith. While at a resettlement center in South Korea for North Korean refugees, he met Voice of the Martyrs workers who not only affirmed his faith, but shared how important it is for him to be a light in his dark country. Known for being an exemplary military leader, he secretly followed Jesus with a small group of other Christian members of the North Korean People's Army. That's what he told the VOM workers. As they worshipped and discussed Christianity together, Their lack of resources in the closed country kept them from knowing how to follow Jesus as members of the military. In North Korea, our leader has no God, the soldier recently told VOM workers. But in the American and South Korean army, there must be many Christian soldiers. If they shoot at us, should we shoot back? VOM workers shared a brief history of the Christian tradition during times of war and cited stories in scripture that helped answer the soldier's questions. The soldier listened eagerly and attentively at the answers that he and many of his fellow soldiers longed for. VOM works with numerous Christians fleeing North Korea and helps minister to those who have accepted Christ since defecting from the hermit nation. Along with job training and other skill development opportunities, we also provide Bibles and Christian resources to help North Korean defectors grow in their faith. As a result, VOM has often seen defectors return to North Korea with the sole purpose of sharing the gospel. That's what led the military official to return, too. Having heard how he and others, believers in in the North Korean military, can continue serving Jesus, In sharing the gospel, no matter their circumstances, he realized how important it was for him to go back. After all, he didn't defect to seek safety or security. He defected to seek answers. The answers he received told him everything he needed to hear. Jesus is with him, even in North Korea. Well, I have more here, but um, time says better let it go for this time. Uh, Thank you for joining with us at the... uh, Hackberry House of Chosen website of sermonaudio.com and uh, check in from time to time to see what's going on here. Different things happen on different days, so uh, you just never know. Check in with us. Lord willing, we'll talk soon. Bye-bye.